Okay, well, it's just that you, you'll have to hear yourself speaking That's then, fine. which it's... I know you hate. And then I have to hear myself speaking. Which everyone hates. Yeah, because it sounds like a weird fucking Canadian dude. I'm totally good. Ah, hey, buddy, about uh, the podcast, eh? I still don't hear that after all these years. What do you want about, eh? Still don't hear it, uh, ever. I'm going to keep this little excerpt for the beginning of the show. Before the title music comes on, I'm going to have that little exchange in there, because it's cute and I like it. Walk out the door, you see someone that you know, and they ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine. Yeah. Okay. fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand hello you're listening to you okay hon a weekly advice podcast i'm your host 30 percent man 70 percent cake dave and i'm mona lisa cat mum also member of that chinese girl group that look like little boys that's really right. stole my look still really? wait still waiting on that royalty check <sighs> yep and with it, we've got a special guest. We've got our first guest on the podcast. Montan D. Bonker. Montan D. Bonker. <laughs> Neuro-linguistic enthusiast and uh, part-time Henry Rollins impersonator. And we are going to combine our years of experience listening to people complain and our complete lack of qualifications to solve a mixture of your problems and funny problems that other people had that we found on the internet. I will read the problems and my spiritual mentor, Mona Lisa, will do the emotional labour, provide the realness... And hopefully we're going to come to some kind of workable solution to all your problems. And that's how it's supposed to work. Hi, hi everyone. Hi. 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 We have a first guest on the podcast. It's really exciting. Yeah, I don't think I'm actually qualified for this, but... Oh, no, we're not qualified either. That's the thing. That's the thing. I <laughs> that's like our that. bit. That's our, that's our gimmick. We don't know what we're doing. But hey, we're doing no tell people qualifications. Do, <laughs> come here and give advice. <laughs> right. I'm into it. I spend a, well, you spend a lot of time doing that with people, don't you? Just going... You should do this. Totally. Yeah, but... Basically, I just love giving people advice. Not you. I didn't mean you particularly. You two in general. I meant, like, people. But I I mean, I just want to talk about myself. Right, okay, sorry. Like, I just love giving people advice, and I just love not taking my own advice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how everyone lives. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. That's it. That's, like, you're living your best life if you do that. (laughs) Never take your own advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, get up in the morning or get up in the afternoon, depending on how late you've slept. Never change out your bathroom. Do not wash your hair. That's vitally important. That is true. That's the that that's true. that's how I live my life, and that's the best way to do it. But you know, if someone comes to me with a problem, I'll uh, I'll give them my best. Mm-hmm. I just sort of map out the opposite of what I'm doing with my life and tell them how to do that. Yeah, and, it's kind of yeah. that introspective thing of going. Well, I have that problem. What would I do if I needed to not have that problem? <laughs> oh, these are the things I would do. But I'm not going to do Yeah, I'm not actually going to yeah. do them. Yeah. But you should do them. <laughs> yeah, and then you... they come back and they're like, I did those things and my life's amazing. And you're like... <sighs> <sighs> Fuck that's, that's like a literal description <laughs> of my actual entire life. <laughs> like you've just... It's like my, my biography right there. <laughs> now Martin, of course, actually does have... Not a real qualification, obviously. Not a real qualification. Like a, like, a, like a faking... Not even worth the paper it's printed on. But no, you but did, it's a you'd... very nice paper stock. But you paid money, you got some good matte paper... Uh-huh. With some shit printed on it. Yeah, it's a little... And is it embossed? Yeah, of course it's embossed. Ah, well, okay, Sweet. just checking. Did you get a trophy? No. Did you get a medal? No. Like a card? I got life skills. Right. You should probably see what he's qualified in. You can do that. I can't be bothered. Well, I've got an NQ in IT. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're all salt today on all computer related problems. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> all computer related problems. Just no. call in with your IT issues. Um, I've got it's a qualification as a master practitioner of neuro linguistic programming, which means I'm very good at seeing what other people are doing with their lives and going, oh, you should do this, but then not really applying those same principles to my own life and also if you worked in a phone shop you'd be really good at tricking people into oh. taking out a contract oh yeah 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 i can like hard sell shit easy and manipulate people i can hypnotize people i would never manipulate people but i can hypnotize the shit out of them can you yeah oh yeah hypnosis is really fun to do oh, can you really? hypnotize a cat and make him fuck off no that would be unethical <laughs> as ever uh, we've just started the podcast and the first thing that happened was the cat who's been asleep for six hours woke up <laughs> and came over and he looked like he was gonna meow but this time we came prepared. Look, no, he did meow. You, t- I don't think you were just aware. But ah. the thing is, I just think, look, it turns out he grabbed off the cat. Really, just really, just wants to be on a podcast. He does. It was his life goal. We didn't know about it, and it's just you know. So maybe you could hypnotize him. That would be great. I good. could hypnotize your cat. And in uh, what ways have you used your neuro linguistic programming qualifications in your everyday life? Because I am actually genuinely interested. Oh, in that. I use it in like every sort of facet of my life. Because it's it's really good sort of to be able to step back and look objectively at why you're doing something so a lot of the times the problems that we have arise from sort of certain patterns we're in like Mm -hmm. you know you end up in a cycle of doing something over and over again and being able to sort of step back and go okay well what's this an example of because you never people don't really do what they do because they want to do what they're doing right this is going to sound really strange so i'm a photographer but i don't I don't take pictures because I like taking pictures. I take pictures because how it makes me feel. So you do things because it's how it makes you feel. It's not really because you actually want to be doing the thing. Yeah, the process is not necessarily what you enjoy. It's yeah. actually just the feeling that you get from the whole thing. Yeah, like and when it boils down to it, that's that's really what it's about. It's about it comes down to a thing called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if you can sort of step back and go, okay, well, what need is this fulfilling in my life? And then you go, okay, well, it's this. Say it's like uncertainty. Say you keep doing something like crazy, like you're really spontaneous and you're fulfilling this sort of like need for uncertainty in your life. Like I'm going to go bungee jump today because maybe you live a life where it's extremely regimented or you grew up in an extremely sort of regimented environment. Mm -hmm. So you have this need to sort of act out and live a spontaneous life. So then you go, okay, well, why am I doing this? What needs are these meeting? And so I can do that with my own life. I can go, okay, well, I feel like this about a certain problem what is this give us a specific example a specific example um so you talk the talk but you can't walk the walk i'm just trying to think of an exact example um doesn't have to be big not big just something like every day yeah um okay so i am sort of relentlessly pushing with my photography career right Mm -hmm. and i'm constantly putting pressure on and a lot of the time I'll go, oh, why am I, like, why the fuck am I doing this? Because it's really hard, like, to, like, be a photographer in London is, like, a fucking hard thing to do. But it's because how it makes me feel. And I know that being a good photographer and reaching the goals I've set out will make me feel sort of fulfilled. It will also give me sort of some financial security. And it will also, um, there's a need of significance as well, which I'm trying to meet. And I'm aware of this. And I'm like, it is important for me to feel significant in the world. So I understand why I'm pushing for those things, which means that if, say, one thing slips, for instance, where I'm not making work that I want to make or putting out, that then I can go, okay, well, 
why am I not doing that? You know, like I'm trying to meet these sort of basic needs. Mm. That was a sort of rambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, incoherent, and some it, might say. Yeah. yeah. Was it pretty incoherent? <laughs> I mean, I fell asleep. So. Well, all of that I kept thinking was, I'd just love to have my sister on who's doing psychotherapy at the moment. Mm-hmm. Who, who Shout out to, to Christy. Hey, Christy. Um, I would love to have like a psychologist and you have a huge argument about neuro-linguistic stuff oh, and so- how psychology like completely does not <laughs> hate it. Oh, yeah, no, psycho- psychology <laughs> does I hate compl- it. Also, see if we can get bored on that, just to keep with our theme of talking about Scientologists, just get Scientologists involved who don't believe in any of that, and just let the three of you have at it. <laughs> yeah. We could just go from this, the top of that again, I can give you a better example. That's I, a good example, I like it. On, well, I could give you a better example of, I, I've used it with other people where I've coached other people. Now, you can go online, I'm like aware that you can go online and go neuro-linguistic programming, debunked. And there'll be lots of debunking stuff about it. But the way I see it is, it's worked for me, hugely. Mm-hmm. It's worked for friends, hugely. I've oh, yeah. seen it work firsthand for oh, people totally, yeah. for huge things. And I'm like, well, even if people say this doesn't work, even if it's a placebo effect... Completely. Oh, it's totally still, it. Absolutely, yeah. Completely. Which mm-hmm. I totally agree with. Like, we were talking about, like, we're big fans of meditating. Yeah. And people can be like, no, nah, meditating doesn't do anything. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, cool. But... You know, if all the therapy and all the drugs and all the whatever mm-hmm. doesn't help someone and maybe meditating does, then mm-hmm. isn't that a working? Isn't that mm-hmm. proof enough in itself? Uh-huh. Yeah, and so I agree. Like, with any, I think with any anything like that, I think sometimes it is just if it works for you, then it works for you. Yeah. And that that's sort of my approach with it. Whereas I've coached other people and I've had, I've had someone who, there was a woman, right? Here's a better example. There was a woman and she had a fear of flying. And then I did this thing called timeline therapy with her and she didn't know why she had a fear of flying and she was 50, I think she was about 59 and she'd had it her entire life. We did this thing called timeline and it turned out that when she was younger, she was sick in the the back of a car on a hot summer's day when they were driving from Scotland to England and they couldn't stop and they were just sick everywhere. So she had this fear about being sick in a confined space and then we did the coaching and then she's now been flying around ever since with no issues whatsoever. She's a pilot now. She is a pilot. She is. She owns she, an airline. Yeah. Oh my word. Wow. That's Richard amazing. Branson. <laughs> anyone? Wow. She sounds hot. Yeah. Um, no, that's. I, it's far easier to look at it how you use it with other people than you use it with yourself. Mm. I think. Totally. Yeah. Uh, of course. Well, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before. You're always better at you know giving advice than taking your own advice. Oh, a hundred percent. 100%. Alright, so hopefully you'll be able to give us some insight into our problems from the perspective of a mind assassin. That's what you said you were, right? A mind assassin, mind yeah. Assassin. I, I hope that it's not as incoherent a rambling as the initial. It wasn't as incoherent as he said it was. No. I was, was just making I was bitch. making a joke, but you've uh, you've only taken it to heart. I feel like I might have kind of crushed well, let your me, let, me, let me look at it objectively. No. Okay, <laughs> should we... Uh, we're we're going to skip our... Uh, you okay section this week because we have a guest that we've rambled on long enough we're going to kick into the uh, main course the proper problems okay let's do it yeah I'm excited excited? I'm excited alright first letter is from the archives oh Uh, we discovered we have archives yeah Um, so this is actually uh, an old problem um, that we found uh, from a a Miss M. Antoinette alright so here we go (laughs) bonjour mes amis (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing you as a last resort. Through a combination of grace, intelligence, elegance, eloquence, and superior breeding, I have a very high position in the French monarchy. 
some might say the highest. And of course, born to noble blood, it's natural that I should assume such a position. It is my birthright after all. However, some of my subjects are displeased with my methods, and I now find myself in a right royal predicament. <laughs> Through no fault of my own, our country has found itself a little strapped for cash. The Seven Year War cost an awful lot of money, a necessary evil of course to keep those pesky limeys across the pond off our property in the colonies, so naturally we've had to be a little more austere at home. My subjects unfortunately are none too keen on this. They think they have it bad, but we're all suffering. I haven't been able to install the gilded edifice I wanted for the Petit Trianon. We ran out of glazed orange blossom macarons months ago, and I had to choose my third choice artisan to craft the mausoleum for the model village on my estate. Recently, I made a real faux pas, when some of the more cantankerous subjects were up in arms about a little famine we were experiencing. Without going into too much detail, it seemed absolutely reasonable to me that if they were without bread, then the next natural, rational option would be to eat cake. Excuse me for living. Unfortunately for me, my subjects did not see the funny side. I should probably stop referring to them as my subjects, as wouldn't you know it, they've taken up arms, overthrown the monarchy, seized control of the nation, and installed a secular democracy. I tried to explain to them that we all have to tighten our belts to get through this time, but as I find with all poor people, they were too stupid to understand that we know what's best for them. Instead of thanking me for my candour, they're going to cut my head off. So much for the tolerant left. So now you know my predicament. How can I make the pros, plebs and poppers see that everything is in place for them to make something of themselves, they just need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps? How can I make them realise that their generation is used to handouts and participation trophies, and as a result feel entitled to privileges such as bread or sanitation, or not dying of tuberculosis in the gutter like a dog? I'm out of my ideas, and my date with the guillotine is looming ever closer. So thanks, thanks for the problem there, Marie. What was his problem exactly? Uh, the problem was, um, you know, she she knows best. She knows best for everyone. And, uh, How did she make sort of everyone cash, love her again? Uh, basically, uh, you know, her problem was our generation, you know, right. entitled, uh, looking for handouts. Don't see how good they've got it with all the opportunities and freedoms that they have to succeed. Mm. You know? Mm. Now, I've got a lot to say about this. Sounds a bit too, too much like too many poor people. Do you think? Uh, do you think M. Antoinette is Marie Antoinette? Oh my God, that was funny. Do you like that? Yeah, do you that like was the funny. letter? I mean, I'm I liked it. The well, thank, was thanks funny. very Who much. Knew she for... was such a comedian. I know, Marie. Thanks for so much for the letter. Thanks oh, so much. Yeah, I really appreciate really that. Funny. So, I'd like to talk about this. Okay, you seem to be very passionate about yeah. this. Well, I mean, the floor is yours. Okay, so <laughs> I kind of see a parallel uh, between the attitude of. Uh, you know, M. Antoinette there, uh-huh. and the attitude of a lot of people oh, in the modern really? world. Yeah, funny. Yeah, strangely. I mean, yeah, let me strangely. let me put the pieces together for you here. <laughs> there is an idea, particularly from uh, you know the baby boomer generation and certain members of Generation X, that we now live in a time where people aren't actually struggling. There's no difficulty. We're just very lazy and entitled, and we want everything for free because we live in a society with social media and fast fashion and consumable culture and we don't actually have anything up with us. And the idea of tightening our belts and bringing austerity is the sensible way of doing things, but 
If we wanted to get out of that, anyone would be capable of doing so because we have so much personal freedom that we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. And I see a lot of my generation and obviously people younger than me because I am pushing, I'm like, I'm lucky to be classed as a millennial. I'm at the very like edge. Yeah. I'm teetering on, on the cliff of being Generation X. But thankfully, I have so many of the same kind of economic anxieties as a millennial does. So I find myself, uh, you know, relating to them more so than my parents' generation or people a few years older than me. Mm. There is this I, this concept of personal freedom uh, that's used to justify slashing public spending, killing the NHS, killing social security, killing uh, selling off public transport. Um, basically, all all the all the little parachutes or safety nets that we had for people in our society are slowly being eroded, like um, mm-hmm. over time, by the, a succession of centre and centre-right governments that we've had in this country since the 70s, pretty much. Started with Thatcher, then on to John Major, then Blair, and then now we've got the fucking dreaded Tories in charge of this nation now. And the concept of people pulling themselves up by the bootstraps, I find fucking objectionable and disgusting, and I hate it. Because that is... It's possible. It's possible. Martin, you've pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. You haven't always had, like, the, the most solid foundation in your life but you've made a go of it yeah yeah no i've legit made a go of mm-hmm. it but the thing is there's a confirmation bias with this whole pulling up yep. by the bootstraps you always see the success stories yep but you don't ever see the people who fucking failed and fell by the wayside mm-hmm. and are living destitute because part of it's pulling yourself up by the boot, but so much of that is luck and just being in the right like whether you want to see luck as whatever your interpretation of luck is. But so much of it's that. A, lo- mm-hmm. a lot of it is luck. And everyone's, what's that fucking quote that everyone says is like, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Which is true, because Com- you need... Yeah. You there need is to a real, the- an element of that completely. Yeah, you should, you should but absolutely there is also do the groundwork. Right? an do- element of like straight up luck. Like strange, mm-hmm. like, you know, unpredictable. Because let's face it, there's a, there is an element that there's people that have endless just bad luck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure. There's definitely they could be. There's definitely something that they could be be doing. Maybe there there's unhealthy behaviours that they're not addressing. Mm-hmm. But what about when they are? Mm-hmm. And still, things still aren't great. And so I think that's why there's such a flaw in that concept. There, there is, and it's like this is going to sound really weird. But have you heard of Post Malone? Of course, I've heard of Post yeah, Malone. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm his body double. Yeah, Post Malone is one of my favourite artists. But if ever there was an example of luck. Yep. It's him, right? Now, he is extremely talented. He puts out great music. He's got a great personality, great look and everything. But he put out that one song and it just so happened that White Iverson mm-hmm. to get picked up on Twitter and retweeted by lots of famous rappers. And then off the back of that, he built a career. Completely. Like, how many, like, swamp person, white Floridian rappers exist out there with a mixtape who are not Post Malone status. That, yeah, that's my point. Yeah, there's completely. there is probably some of arguably the best music in the world that we've never heard. Totally. Mm-hmm. And someone's done the same thing. They've they've like they've done the groundwork. They've put their heart into it. You know, they've like chased the dream. Yep. Yeah, and, they and they've just disappeared. And, and you know, and sometimes as well, it's not even that. You know, maybe you know, only Japan sort of got jumped on board that train, and they're really popular there, mm-hmm. but nowhere else in the world takes notice of. Mm-hmm. This is it. But this is one of the best tricks of late capitalism, though, is to present the success stories as there's a, there's a thousand people, one of them got successful, mm-hmm. and the rest of them will never get successful. But the influencers are able to say, well, that one person made it, 
Why can't but you? But there's so many mm-hmm. other factors. Like oh, I grew massively. up in the like crazy ghetto, and like let's face it, if you didn't have a baby by the time you were twelve or a drug habit, then you were like a success story. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the problem here is, it's not like people say to me, oh, like, oh, you did so well, you know, getting out, you know, considering mm-hmm. your background. But I'm like, but there's a lot of things at play here because there's not just the fact that like my effort and my you know hard work, which was certainly there, but there's also things like I'm you know not dumb some people are just dumb and can't like go to uni and can't better themselves in that manner Mm -hmm. and what do you do there Mm -hmm. i also don't have a great family situation but i have a twin sister and that was a huge you know a huge help to me whereas other people are completely on their own Mm -hmm. and perhaps if i didn't have another person that i shared a life with you were able and my grandparents when they were alive were really smart helpful people and they gave me that support there's a lot of people that don't have that there's a lot of people that don't have anything and the world is a really awful place to them. So, mm-hmm. ha- you know, asking them to pick themselves up is so much harder than, you know, say a, a quote-unquote normal life person It's one of have, the most, or... like, ex- infuriating, patronising things you can say to people to pick themselves up by the bootstraps, particularly when it's a view that's espoused entirely by people who have no fucking idea what picking yourself up by your bootstraps means. Well, what's interesting about the... Miss Antoinette's story mm-hmm. is that, but the idea of royalty, mm-hmm. like where you literally don't even do, you are quite literally born into into a situation. Yeah, like you just won the genetic lottery. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and that's what everything is. It's a gamble. Your status in life, uh, your privilege, the color of your skin, everything like that, where, where you're born, where you're raised, the situation you live in, is completely by random. But although it's random how you got there, what people like. Miss Antoinette and you know um, your regular Tories in the UK don't understand about the the majority of people mm-hmm. um, the majority of people in this country is that being born in a privilege um, makes you a different person than someone who's born in, in difficult circumstances and I say that as someone who had a profoundly middle class upbringing I was not you know I didn't have a fucking gilded edifice on my mini mansion <laughs> but I had a car in the driveway my mum was a teacher single parent but she was a teacher there was food in the house and I never had to particularly worry about where my next meal was coming from um, where you know who was that chap at the door like what was going to happen to me there was no fear of consequence so my neural pathways as I was growing up didn't develop an inherent fear and someone that does grow up in that circumstance someone that does grow up with a fear of what could happen and um, with a complex about not being good enough being told um, that you know there's a violence looking around every corner being told that you're never going to succeed going to a school that is underfunded and has been given up on because it's in a poor area the neural pathways that you form far too early in your life for you to have any influence over are teaching you to be a certain way. And that is a way of, of anxiety, that is a way of self-hatred, that is a way of struggling to even understand that you could be entitled to the same jobs or opportunities that someone from a privileged background might be afforded because of their circumstances. Now, with that in mind, for someone like Lisa, I'm going to blow your trumpet here. Yeah, you actually just told my life story. So. A little bit, yeah. So for <laughs> someone, you know, like you have a you, you started out in one in in the eighties in Ardlaw in Scotland, which was literally one of the poorest areas in Europe at the time. And um, everyone listening to this show will know, you know, the story of the British council estate, um, the, the high rises, the multis, the people that live there, what it's like to grow up in that environment. And you have a master's degree, and you're sitting here recording a podcast. 
and you are educated and you're smart and you're bright and you're just lively. Like living life, but you like life. still, you you are doing all of this. You've done all this in spite of the fact that every bone in your body is still to this day pulling you in the other direction, telling you to be a certain way. But I think though the per- 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 that's the perspective difference. So mm-hmm. see when you do grow up privileged, you are told like you can be anything. You mm-hmm. could be queen or you could be this or you could be that. But when you don't have that, that really does make a fundamental difference. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think a lot of the time, people that have experienced a lot of privilege and have like a really secure family or all these sort of things, they don't understand it. And it is it is something that, again, so we talked about, we were talking about earlier about perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really important thing to have. You have to understand that it isn't just about money. It isn't just about, you know, having money. It's about that support level and that. Mm-hmm. And you're right that, that, you know, when you are exposed to a lot of fearful situations your brain of course you're anxious of course i'm anxious mm-hmm. you never knew what was you never knew what was going to happen you know, no. of course that makes you and an so that, that informs every decision you make in your life you know should i try for this opportunity well i know i'm not good enough i know that it'll be terrible if it doesn't happen you know the, the fear for you is fear of something a lot more colossal and terrifying than than fear for me and that's the, that's the difference. And that's some of the, 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 what you're talking about now is you're getting into the kind of nuances of mm-hmm. the kind of, the, the poverty, the, the mm-hmm. kind of class divide and how yeah. it's actually much more than money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we tend to actually only focus on the money part. Absolutely, like, yeah. You know, like jokingly we talk about, we're talking about the Marie Antoinette saying, let them eat cake, which yeah. she actually didn't actually say. Yeah, it's not been attributed to, it's attributed to her, but it's not been proven that anyone said let them Yeah, but obviously the, 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 the idea behind that, and to sum up in a statement, was she just had no fucking clue what was yeah, going on. Yeah, so far removed from everything. That's Absolutely. Going on. so privileged that she can't understand a world where there's no food. And that's, I think that's the huge issue. You have people doing exactly what we are doing on this podcast mm-hmm. in the sense of going, you have this problem. We're going to tell you how to fix it. We've never faced this problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to face this problem. And then they espouse these ideas of like equality. Like you all have the same opportunities as each other. Mm-hmm. But like th- this whole notion, like it would be a beautiful world if there was equality, but there's no equality. Completely. And I know we're constantly fighting for it. Completely. But the way we grew up, it, like there's varying degrees of inequality Completely. there mm-hmm. and you have people at the very top of the food chain going oh yeah 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 you're all equal totally. you're, you're all equal this is how you fix it yeah yeah we're all right we're all right over here and i think that's a fucking huge issue but when, it's completely coming completely from a place of privilege speaking down to people telling people how to fix life a life that they've never known the hardships of and never had that sort of that yeah, mental they, mindset. They don't know the fundamental hurdles that people need to overcome yeah. just to... And to in a way, I kind of feel biogram. bad for Marie Antoinette that she kind of became this poster child of it. Even though she was, like, you know, terrible, Yeah. she also was kind of a scapegoat in the way that... Yeah. She, let's face it, she was just a dumb princess. Yeah, fashion forward, though. Very fashion, fashion forward. Super fashion forward. Mm-hmm. Hair innovator. Mm-hmm. On fleek. Absolutely. <laughs> So what the kids say these days? I don't know. I don't know what the kids say. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, yeah, she was. She was kind of became a scapegoat. She was a dumb princess mm-hmm. who should never have been in a situation where she had to decide we, these things. But then I guess that that you know, like she should. wasn't necessarily dumb as well. No, she was actually quite an impressive woman. Like, no, she wasn't. No? For, for a, well, for the the majority of her life, oh, she yeah? was 
someone who just never would never read a book didn't want to do anything just what but at the same time i'm like you are like uh you know well she was married when she was like 15 so you're like a 17 year old queen or whatever Mm -hmm. who's like lived that privileged life would you i mean you know what i mean I mean, most How, likely you are going to be pretty vapid. I was a fucking dickhead at 17. Really? I was a dickhead until about maybe two years ago. <laughs> I was a right? dickhead until about yeah. 15 minutes before I started recording this <laughs> yeah. podcast. And it's like 17, given all that power. Yeah. And all that pressure as well. Yeah, pressure is a huge part. Not meaning to, this is probably going to come off wrong. Very hormonal time, you know, for anyone in the teens, boys and girls. Well, no, I think also the well fact recovered. that, like... <laughs> I think also the fact that, like, she had no idea what she was doing and she was just forced into this situation. But what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, sorry to interrupt you, but I really want to make a point about that. That's the thing. She was, she was forced in that situation. There's no denying that. But what got her through and what made her, you know, be the queen until the, the people literally like revolted and chopped her head off was the confidence that comes with privilege, the confidence to not even quit, despite the fact you are 17, you're a 17 year old Austrian duchess, princess, whatever you are, and suddenly you're the queen of France, but not even question yourself. I don't know when she was queen. She was was princess, she was married to him when she was like 15 or 14. And then I don't know when the, you know, the old king died. Mm. I just said 17 because I just needed to pluck. I just don't want to be yeah. historical mm. people being like... Mm. In any case... We'll just and, speculate. And, uh, throughout, her entire, throughout her entire reign, she had nothing but the utmost confidence. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's something that people get themselves into now as well. They, they, they believe... It's not even that they necessarily believe in birthright. Like, I don't think people that have happened into a job through nepotism or status or whatever are sitting going like, I was born to do this. They just don't question that they ever question that they should or shouldn't be doing it. It's mm-hmm. never a question they have in their mind. It's just, well, it is what it is. Whereas someone else who's been had a much harder upbringing is going to get in that position and constantly be questioning themselves. Like, Oh, and I constantly get fooled by it. Like, no one's someone's really confident. Mm-hmm. I just think, oh, well, they must... You know, if they're telling me something, mm-hmm. I, must, I kind of think, well, they must be right then. Because if I was that confident in what I was saying, I would have, like, legit, like, researched mm-hmm. on my... You know, I'd be so sure. But then, half the time, they just... Are, Talking shit. So, so easy to fake that. Yeah. All of it, a lot like, of it is to do with your physiology, uh, how you interact with people, how you speak to people, your body language. Oh, no, no, totally. And, like, faking it till you make it. But, yeah, yeah, no, but, like, that is... But these people who are confident are just doing those things, and that makes your... It's actually your limbic brain goes, oh, okay, I trust this person. There's a bunch of signals. Oh, no, totally. Like, I get that, but I just... It's the fact that they are, like... The fact that they are willing to make oh, do that. Oh, they're coming from the place yeah. going, oh yeah, this is yeah. totally the truth. Yeah, completely. Yeah, Even though they know in like, the back of their head, they actually don't really know what they're talking about. No. But they're just like, yeah, no, I'm just going to be really like loud and certain about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that to me is very puzzling because I'm always like, no, bitch. Like, just be certain about the things you are certain about. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to my original point about all this, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, You're very passionate. I like that. I am very mm. passionate about this. Is it? Is it something that I think about often? It's something that keeps me in my bathrobe till four in the afternoon because I'm just ru- ruminating over it. Yeah, just the French <laughs> Revolution in general. <laughs> no, it's uh, right, okay. So this 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 concept of it's guillotine related deaths. <laughs> this concept. <laughs> if you could it, see what had just happened there, Martin was mimicking an inappropriate gesture. It was an open bathrobe. I'm surprised it took you this long. We talked about <laughs> Harvey Weinstein last week. No, hey. no open bathrooms right now. Hey. Right. So, <laughs> here we are. We find ourselves in a time where the belt, the metaphorical belt 
that the, the people in power talk about squeezing. The Queen did it in her speech a few years ago. I know that triggered the shit out of you, Lisa. So, I was so triggered. Right? I was never a huge fan of the Queen, but, like, you know, I was just like, cool, leave her on a, like, a weird house, like, just leave her to it, right? <laughs> Like, like a weird racist lady down the street, like yeah, oh, just like, like, just like she just no, stays just, there, yeah, just self-contained. Like she stays there, fine, like she's got the stupid dogs and she goes and like, you know, she puts on like a weird barber outfit and goes to the cat. I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever, right? Uh-huh. But yeah, she literally sat and said like, oh, we need to tighten our belts and do we, all this yeah. while sitting in a full and like on a gold throne mm-hmm. with like the crown jewels on. And how many and millions I'm like, of how pounds? How do you not see it? Like, how are you so? mental that you're not seeing mental. that I am a person sitting literally dripping in, di- in jewels and diamonds know, right? telling everyone else mm, you're just going to have to mm, like one is draped in finery <laughs> I'm like you are and I guess that's the problem though isn't it we look at someone like Marie Antoinette like it's a historical problem but here we are that's the exact same situation yeah. the only thing is you know not that I'm insane, I'm plying, mm-hmm. insinuating that we should get mm-hmm. a guillotine and cut anyone's head off. Yeah. But... But... <laughs> but we could put them in the gulag. Feel communist uprising? Anyone? <sighs> yeah. yeah. I'm here for it. Do you, yeah. Do you know what's really interesting about what you said there, about the Queen sitting there? Because you, you, you see it and you... And part of you is going, how, you are, you're, you're fucking mental. How are you justifying how, this? Yeah, right? how can you not see this? But it's like anything. You get desensitised to what you have very quickly. Completely. It's, but what is? how is there no one else saying? Well, who the fuck's going to tell the Queen? Good Here, call. him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Fucking... I'll do it. Do you know what, bitch? See, next time you want Buckingham Power to renovate, fucking crowdfund it. Right? But you have, uh, like, the... Uh, Oh my God, Seneca and the what were those fucking philosophers? What did they Stoicism? The Stoics. Seneca used to do a thing where he would basically leave his life of privilege, wear very scratchy clothes that were uncomfortable, <laughs> and lived like a poor person right. for like a week at a time. So right. po- he, poverty tourism. Yeah, but but it was. To basically... To, like, reset his brain. Yeah, to go, I I have all these amazing things. And then to go back and be grateful for them. And also to understand that what he has... Yeah, he's given himself that perspective to appreciate his... Yeah, yeah, but without that, you're right. Someone will become completely jaded. She does not see... Send the queen to the fucking soup kitchen. Totally. Honestly, get her some marigolds on. Mm-hmm. And now Listen. she's all like, oh, I can't even lay the wreath or whatever bullshit. That we couldn't get Ian Duncan Smith to live on the dole for a fortnight. How are we going to get the Queen to a soup kitchen? <laughs> At least Diana was like out in the pure, like finding, finding landmines and shit. Yeah, right. That's why she was the People's Princess. She was, uh, excuse me, the People's Princess is Jade Goody, and I will not hear a word more said about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what's what's interesting about this whole issue is that this is now actually coming to a head. There's a bit of a cultural moment happening where people are finally break out the guillotine. Finally, getting rid, getting sick rather of this attitude, this pull yourself up by the bootstraps thing, because it has been the line for so fucking long. Even our in the UK, our alleged left wing party, Labour, in the nineties and in the early two thousands, was still going on this fucking bullshit neoliberal meritocratic model where it was like. Look, look, for example, right, let's talk about fucking Grenfell. I don't want to touch on this too much because it's a very sensitive issue. However, you have to ask yourself, why is it every single tribute you see for some of the hundreds of people that died in that tower is someone who was bright or gifted or talented or was just about to do something? You don't hear the stories about people that weren't out there contributing to this bullshit merit, merit, meritocratic 
model of society. You just hear about the ones, oh, they had something to contribute because that justifies people's sadness because I'm only sad if they were going to contribute to society. And that is part of the narrative that says there are a lot of people who are not worth caring about. And that is what I fucking hate about this bullshit. And that is what is changing now. That is what we're get, we're, we're coming up against people like M. Antoinette. We're saying enough, right? In the 1970s, a CEO made on average 10 times or it was 10 or 30 times more than the lowest paid worker. Now it's 300. It's 300 times more. 25% of Which people... Which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. 25% of employment in the UK is self-employment now. And it's not people starting their own business. It's not I had to grind for this few. It's fucking driving an Uber. It is fucking driving a delivery. It is having a zero-hour contract in a fucking Amazon factory at minimum wage. And let me tell you, that minimum wage hasn't fucking changed. Mm-hmm. I, you go look at fucking jobs out right there. I started working. I am 34 years old. I started working when I was 17 and I got paid the same for my first job as I see every other job applied uh, open in the papers today. The, something needs to give. Something needs to change. And the fucking idea, the temerity of the fucking media elite in the UK to talk about people pulling themselves up by the fucking bootstraps is a load of absolute fucking bullshit and I will not stand for it anymore. If anyone tells me to fucking pull myself up by my bootstraps, I'm going to take my bootstraps up and fucking strangle them with it. You don't even wear boots. I'll start. Okay. Right. Can't afford them. Straps. Can't afford them. <laughs> Can't afford boots. They weren't giving them out with the fucking food and clothing bank. Have you ever seen a boot with a strap? I actually haven't, no. No, me neither. No, I actually wonder where that comes from. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe. Nobody <laughs> has strap no boots anymore. Boots with straps. Yeah, you're right. That is definitely. <laughs> Did I go over the line a bit? Though? I don't know. You were it was quite intense. No. But no. I liked it. No, you, you were didn't. right about everything you said. Good. Nothing you said was wrong there. I was in awe. Oh, good. Okay. I didn't. I even held in a fart. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's you know what that is. Like for normal people, that would just be polite, but that's actually really touching from you. Yeah. yeah because yeah, farts are always funny, and we're recording. But I was like, he's on a roll. He doesn't I need to roll. smell these hot beefs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, just part of me just about about Marie and our situation is I just feel like we need another revolution. My advice, Marie, is I'm sorry that they're cutting your head off. Um, that is maybe a little... I'm not off our fucking head. Maybe a little bit extreme. <laughs> uh, I am sorry that despite the fact you're a terrible person and made a lot of people suffer, I'm sorry that the, the kind of public image you got was like this kind of misogynist ad hominem attack on your character. We know you didn't have sex with your son. That was kind of mean for the revolutionaries to say that, okay? That was. That I'm was. not cool with that. However, if I had my way, you would be in a Siberian work camp. We would take all of your fucking <laughs> ponies and we would give them back to the people. So um, what I would say to you is, I'm sorry, but you are going to get your hair cut off and there's not a whole lot that we can do about it. So thanks for writing in and, uh, you know, best of luck. wonder how it'll end. wonder what'll happen. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, she'll probably get away with it, right? She'll, mm, be, she'll, she'll be fine. Know. She'll go on to live a lot. They're probably just, they're probably just posturing with like a guilty. quick spoiler alert when we talked about her hair getting cut off. Huh. You know, like it's like we talked to someone about Titanic. Hashtag spoilers. Yeah. I mean, he could have fit on that door. He totally could have. I think been. it was a weight issue about the door, though. I think the, the, it would have sank with Are two of them. Are you fat shaming Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> I am not. I just think <laughs> though, that it would have submerged with two people on it. He didn't no. have his dad But they could have taken tons. That's what I would have said. Take tons. Yeah, you know what? They actually could totally... I mean, it took him a while to die in the sea there. They could have just gone, you know, mm-hmm. like a couple of minutes on, a couple of minutes off. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's kind of relevant to what we're talking about. Yep. How long were they on the boat for? What do you mean? Before it crashed. Not that long. Like, and what, like a week? Less? Probably about a week. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I actually have no idea. I just completely made that up. It could have been a day for all I know. I would have held her head underwater and just <laughs> sailed home on that boat. Yeah, yeah for like how committed door. you are. Yeah. I know, I would have been like, mm. although, what I would have done... Things going a bit fast. <laughs> I would have probably 
started to murder the posh people that were claiming on all the lifeboats. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, why should they have got in there? Oh, yeah, it's like... Classism. Class war. Class war is real in the UK. To be honest, though, uh, I was actually listening to another podcast, actually, about the Titanic. And it was, like, (laughs) so brutal. It was so brutal. Like... Worse than the film. Like, just just when you hear... You know, like, uh, yeah. Just, it was so awful. Like, rich people were, like, fully, like, packing shit in the lifeboats and just be like, no, it's not enough room. (laughs) 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 I brought my armoire on this cruise. I I need need to to keep my armoire. I need to bring the china. Sorry, poor person. No, 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 you can't come on. It was just legit, like, the worst thing. And just, again, it's exactly the same as that. It's just, like, how do you get to a point of privilege where you just become inhuman in a way? With the... or, well, yeah, you see the people beneath you as less than human, I guess. This The whole idea of sort of, like, upward mobility and everything like that, it changes city to city as well, mm. which is what I'm seeing. Like, mm. for everyone listening, I recently moved to London. And in Glasgow, I had some money, I was very comfortable, and I moved to London because I'm a fucking masochist. And... It's very hard. Just want to challenge myself. Just want to challenge myself and be very uncomfortable and grow. I love, it. I love how you were saying you were very comfortable. And to normal people, like normal people that have normal lives, they would have like a, a bought a house and yeah. I bought a car. But you're just like, I just had money in my back. <laughs> no, but no, but I had like a good amount of money. No, I, I had it's not, no, no, and, I'm not saying yeah. that because you couldn't afford that yeah. stuff. Just because you just wouldn't buy it. Because you are normie. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, why would I buy a house? No, I, I, I agree yeah. completely. I could ruin yeah. it and take a risk in London and then end Look, up destitute nothing. do what nothing. a really sensible person does with any of their money. Yeah. Just gets tattoos and then saves the rest of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I would do with all my money. <laughs> I need to pee again already. No. You Can you guys, you it. guys hold down the floor and speak about upper mobility and bootstraps and whatnot. How about we move on to the next problem? Uh, do I do a pee beforehand? You can go for a pee now. We'll proceed. We'll, we'll uh, yeah. 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 I knew he'd ruin it with the pee. I, I knew he'd ruin it with the pee. Right? Should we talk about him when he's gone? Yeah. I don't believe in neurolinguistic programme. I think it's terrible and he's done. <laughs> I'm not going to put this in the podcast. I'll cut this bit out. I'll find a way of making it work. 2,000 years later. Alright, probably, uh, probably enough class warfare. Probably enough class warfare for just now. We're going to move on to our next problem, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, again, similar to the last time, on a bit of a lighter note. Okay. And a little bit of a salve from uh, the intensity of that last problem. Okay, so <laughs> <coughs> here is the problem. My partner wants one final wild thing. Ooh. We're due to be married next June. Therefore, he'd like to ring fence a fortnight between now and then, during which he can go completely crazy without any consequences or any guilt. He's talking about flying out to Thailand with his brother and a mate. Oh god, he's really going there. I'm not to ask any questions and he won't tell any lies, but after that he'll be the best husband in the world and I'll never have to worry about him cheating on me or ignoring bills. Can I take this chance? Can I trust him for one crazy fortnight of hedonism? Or am I being played for a fool? He and I have been together for many years. Now, I'm just going to preface this in a twist here. He's a diamond. He's never hurt me or ripped me off and has never given me any cause for concern. While other blokes have betrayed my friends and stolen their cash... They've all had their cash stolen. Also, ripping you off. I'm like, I know, what the fuck? Right, right. Never ripped me off. <laughs> I know, right? Fucking economy of low expectations, right? He's always been honest and true. 
Each year for my birthday and Christmas, I'm given good jewellery. He's kind and considerate, and fantastic in bed. Oh, hey oh. But, I have to confess, this bizarre request has knocked me for six. You hear about people wishing to sow the last of the wild oats before settling down, but I never had him down as the dangerous type. In many ways, I feel as though I can't say no, as I cheated on him for six months in 2014 with my old boss. Oh my god, <laughs> my the fi- twist! My fiancé was very good about it. He forgave me and has never once mentioned it again, despite the fact that I spent money from our joint account and even went to Spain for a week with my lover and frequently lied through my teeth. What can I say? So she cheated on the same guy? She cheated on her fiancé, yes, the same chap, for six months with her boss, including a holiday to Spain and spending lots of money on their credit card. What is her name? I'm not telling you that because you'll find her on Facebook and speak to her. Really? Maybe. I don't know what her name is. She didn't actually write in. Okay. Well, is, she... Man, here's the conceit. We don't actually have any people writing in, so we just steal them from problem pages. Okay, well, your husband is going to fucking just be laying pipe in Thailand. Yes. Like this and is... the problem is, is if I'm not correct, is that not a sort of paedophile hub in oh, Thailand? yes. Oh, there's oh. A, there, look, there's a lot of sex... Sex hot tourism in Thailand uh-huh. uh, for many different many different I think, references. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I do remember Gary Glitter preferred Vietnam. Extrapolate from that, what mm-hmm. you will. Oh, I think he was a big. Well, well I had a deep. I had a deep. R- it's got a deep, rich history, doesn't it? Yeah. No. There's definitely. Yes. Yeah. No. A lot of. That's a major horrifying issue. Yes. But let's face it. See, with these two, the way I kind of see it is, wow. Sometimes two pieces of shit just meet. And isn't it good that they just are together? Oh, it's so cute they found each other. Yeah, like no one else has to deal with their fucking cuntiness. I, I feel like I need to clarify when I say deep rich history of Vietnam, I actually mean Vietnam and not like it's history of like uh, sex tourism. Yes, yes. All right, okay, good. Yes. Because I was just like, oh, you guys think I know about yeah. like the sex tourism of Vietnam? I would assume. <laughs> we I didn't want to like... question it. <laughs> we were like... Uh, he knows, obviously. The thing is with Thailand, the, the way that we treat Thailand uh, in the UK is very much uh, like the... Oh, like a garbage like, dump. Like, like Ibiza or Ayanapa or Magaluf or somewhere like that. Look, it's, let's uh, put it very bluntly. White people have ruined Thailand. White people and the, and the, the Thai people are, are starting to revolt against that a little bit. Not, mm-hmm. not great fans of it anymore. Don't want the tourism anymore. A couple of tourists getting killed. Which is quite an extreme way to go, but at yes. the same time, I'm like... Sends a message. Does. I'm, does. Not, I'm not condoning it by no, any means. Right. It's no. very clear, that yeah. message, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so funny. What I loved about this is because, obviously, we were all, we were all here we for... We were all rooting for him. What we a were, piece of shit. What, yeah. a, what a man. You leave that what, guy. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, you know. And then, no, she's actually a huge piece of shit. But, in all fairness, right, see if you have decided to forgive someone after, you know, cheating on you for mm-hmm. six months yeah. or whatever... You can't then do something like however many, whatever time later and be like, well, I get to do this because you did that. Yeah. That yeah. seems like quite an unhealthy way to process. You're lording it over no. them. Yeah. And I feel like you've not really. No, you know, he, he didn't specifically say, specifically say, I'm going to go to Thailand to have sex with people that aren't you. It was, it was implied, mm-hmm. but there's also drugs. There's also partying. Ah, so yeah, he could just be like, you know getting wild yeah, maybe drugs in Thailand is a risky business because you yeah. will literally get put to death if you get caught with drugs yeah but that doesn't stop true. like it doesn't stop a bunch of white people from going there and doing it though. oh that'd terrify me full moon no, like, is, and all but that yeah but that's show. very much at one place because that's yeah. at one place whereas just you know 
Mm. Drugs generally in like the middle of Thailand is probably quite yeah. dangerous. I'm pretty sure like a wealthy white tourist in Bangkok is going to have no problem with it, though, you know. Yeah, but if you get in an issue with a drug dealer, they'll cut your finger off or something. Yes, they will. Mm-hmm. It's quite high price to pretty probably just take drugs at home if that's what yeah. you want yeah. to yeah. do. Okay, so look, maybe maybe he is sex tourism, maybe touristing. That's what he's doing. I think there's a lot of there was a lot of red flags for me. Yeah. A lot of red flags, <laughs> right? So so he just he just forgives her. She's she's done something. Well, that is also he, has, he hasn't forgiven her. That's yeah, not forgiving no, no, her. No, That's no, the problem, right? isn't it? Just forgiving her. Yeah. What a better cover for a paedophile going to oh, for Thailand. You're really on. You're sold on the paedophile. I theory, think he's right? a paedophile. I mean, well, to be honest... <laughs> Why do you not want to go there, Dave? I just no, I don't want to go there. I just feel like you're, uh, you know, that's you've taken a lot from what's been said and, and you've gone to a very extreme place. I like yeah. it. I like how you've went, right, this is what I think it is. Well, I, I like... Got, your gut instinct. Gut instinct. What, is, what I told you and... If you want yeah. to be sex tourist, why not go to, why not go to, like, where, where's... Where's Amsterdam. 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 That's Amsterdam. the typical place where that it's is, legal, yeah, right? That's yeah. True. Okay. And I'm sure is there not places in Germany and stuff like that? Well, uh, yeah, there's red light district. Yeah, a lot of sort of very sex open and positive. In yeah, Germany. yeah, sex positive so, yeah. society. Germany like it. Or what if he just wants to go have a lovely time in Thailand? He's always wanted to go. What if well, he wants to visit I, I was ta- just like Tiger, tiger Sanctuary. What if there is like what if there is like a totally Tiger Sanctuary? He wants to like see a cool Buddhist temple. Uh-huh. And he just wants to lie on a Thai beach and like. Drink loads of Mai Tais. Yeah. What if that is genuinely, but just a with without her? Yeah. What if he's actually just like this really super nice guy yeah. that just wants to have like a boys' holiday? Yeah. What if he's just like? Oh you know no! What? Now I feel bad she, for him. No. What if? She, what if he is just like? You know what? She cheated on me, but I love her with all my heart. People make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I want to do? I've always wanted to go to Thailand. I'm giving her everything all the time, and I'm trying to be really supportive. But I'd really like to go with my friend. And was it his brother? Yep. I just really, I just think it'd be nice to go away to they Thailand. They always talked about going somewhere going like that. They just, they just want a m- motorbike through the islands. Yes, you know, they want to do like maybe things that she doesn't enjoy doing. So yeah. rather than feel bad about it, they, you know, they, they want to go together. And she's, because she's a piece of shit that just like cheats on people. She's like, oh, we obviously want to go there and fuck people. A six yeah. months. See, the thing is, right, now, now, okay, I don't want to play like, you know, what about her or like a little moral battle here, but six a six month affair with your boss it's such an emotional well this is my thing and I've always said this and obviously yes. like for you know re- listeners me and Dave have been in a relationship for a very long time yes and I've always said that like if he was to just like be drunk and have sex with someone I could I could probably get over that but if he was to like have some sort of emotional or like you know connection with someone else even if it was just sex, but if it lasted a, a long period of time, that mm-hmm. would be somewhat emotional. That connection would be there. Yeah. That is so much... That's sneaking around. That's yeah, that's so, deeper. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's deeper. that's like is it way not, worse. Is it not the greater betrayal? Oh, wildly. Oh. It's so so much worse. Because there's, the emo- there's that emotional part that you... That connection there's, there's you have awareness. with someone when you're in a relationship. Because there's an awareness is, to it. That's mm-hmm. my issue. Because... Like, if you just have sex, of course you're like, oh, I shouldn't do this because of this. But then everyone in any situation, whether it's eating a slice of chocolate cake or, mm. you know, binge watching too many episodes and staying up too late, everyone's made a decision that to do something that they maybe shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And, I, okay, you know, cheating on someone's quite an extreme example of that. But everyone has done that, you know. But that's a, like a one-time decision where you, you know, and you maybe regret it hugely, mm. maybe for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But having an affair, it's multiple decisions like that you're making. Mm-hmm. So you can't just be like, oops, I made a mistake. It's 
Because you're not. It's not a mistake. It's a pattern. You're lying to and deceiving the person that you claim to love like over an extended period of time. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's like serial killers. It's like an escalation. Totally. Like, like, it oh, completely the, is. Oh, this thing, a little bit of flirting and then, oh, it leads to this, then it leads to this and then before you know it, you're sneaking around behind people's backs. Well, because it, that is the thing though. It's really quite psychotic in a way that yeah. people are cheat. It's mm-hmm. the it's the way you're justifying it to yourself. Because how do you fucking sleep at night? Because you obviously tell yourself that, you know, you're not doing a bad thing or mm-hmm. whatever you're telling yourself to like, ease your conscience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You justify it to yourself. Under but it's some so funny because part of me just thinks, wow, these two people should not be together. But shouldn't they be together to keep them off the market? Well, from that's what my else? initial thought was. Like, wow, they're both pieces of shit. Here's so. my thing. Here's this woman who is talking about her relationship and just drops in at the end casually as if it was nothing that she had a six month affair that he apparently forgave her for. She now, is a he, real cunt. Though. He did not forgive her. Um, that definitely didn't happen. He is basically talking about who's doing revenge fucking now, but he's such a fucking disgusting cretin that what he wants to do is go to go to Thailand and have like a little fucking fortnight of sex tourism and get his end away uh, guilt-free in his mind. Because like he's looking at that as guilt-free. That's just a prostitute. That's what he's thinking. Just a prostitute and it's not even a white what one What about, either. though, actually, there are some men, awful fucking disgusting men, mm-hmm that don't see it as, like, cheating if it's with a prostitute. That is really? Yes, yeah, very common. Yeah. Fuck That's off. Hugely, massively, yeah. Fuck of off. Of course. Yeah, they see it like... Oh, they can completely I, disassociate Because you see it because they'll see it as a transaction, won't they? Well, yeah. almost like a... Oh, it's really horrifying. If you ever, like, want to, like, kill yourself, then watch documentaries about, like, Indian brothels. Oh. And, like, a lot of Indian men, like, won't even masturbate. They just go to see a prostitute. It's like, it's like a service, almost. You know, like... Getting your hair cut. Crying. <laughs> you literally put eye drops in and literally weeping. That's the only way Martin can cry. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah. And for emotion since the accident. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, my difficulty with this couple is... But you are quite jaded, though, because are jaded. we right, though, in the way that he actually could just be like, yeah. Really, like a really nice guy. I think he's top lad. He's rewarded himself. He's like, you know what? I just he just wanted to go scuba diving. His brother talked about for ages. They saw a documentary on some guys that did it. His favorite want... movie's The Beach, right? He yeah. like then he started googling. It saw like a cool tiger sanctuary. Once a stick and poke tattoo, something traditional. Totally, like you know, he just like wants to live that Thailand life. What? Just you know, but if she she doesn't like doing that, so you know, rather than have her moaning because she doesn't want to like go scuba diving or whatever, he could just do it with his brother. Oh, I don't want to go scuba diving, I want to suck my boss's cock. <laughs> that is a direct quote, actually. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. added that in. <laughs> so, what are we saying to her then? Just uh, well, she's s- send him on his way, shit, send him on his way, yeah. And I guess, in a way, the only way the only way you could get through this if you're hot, right, and you're just the massive cunt that she is. Mm-hmm. You can you I don't have a leg to stand on. You have to agree to this, and I guess. But guaranteed, right? Guaranteed. If this was is what Dave thinks it is, and you know, awful, mm-hmm. he's you know going to get his fucking end away for whatever in Thailand. She will not be okay with this. No, and, and this is the, this is my main issue with it is that and they're they're, they're engaged live- to be married next June. What sort of marriage is going to function based on <laughs> a revenge sex that. holiday? People tend people who cheat as well, are they not people who are deeply insecure and that's why they cheat? I mean I think there's probably many there, there's reasons, probably but yeah, a huge part of that, definitely. So, so I imagine yeah, getting the validation from other people. So let's just speculate because that's all we're doing. She's gonna be deeply insecure about him going anyway, yep. thinking He's going around and You're right. fucking She'll a bunch of people. She'll probably cheat again. Yeah. She'll probably end up cheating again. Yeah. This is doomed to fail. Well, it's, like what was, off, well, it's like what I was saying earlier, though. 
um, in our private conversations. You know, if relationships make you sadder than they make you happy, there is no point in being in them. Mm-hmm. And that's not in an idealistic way. Like, we've mm-hmm. been together for, actually, in, like, a week years. it will be 10 years, mm-hmm. which is mental. But, right. like, if it is as realistic as that. Some people aren't meant to be together. And if you are having this many problems and the 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 rings haven't even been exchanged yet, mm-hmm. then you need to but just... What are you like, getting you are, for? You are, need to realise that this is just yeah, not happening. Sorry, sorry, pal, the wedding is off. <laughs> Call the wedding off, lose your deposits, take all that money and invest it in some couples counselling as well as individual counselling. Because this holiday... Best case scenario, he just wants to go pet some tigers, which are all drugged up, which I find morally bankrupt and wrong, and you Completely. shouldn't be doing it anyway. Totally. Right? Worst case scenario, kid fucking. <laughs> Could be happening. Could be happening. But you're right, and I think that's the thing. If both these people just need to go counselling, because Absolutely. if this is the situation that they find themselves in, mm-hmm. there is something wrong i think you need to work on yourselves and find out where these deep rooted insecurities come from and maybe just learn to love each other and just want each other and not want to be laying pipe in thailand or sucking your boss's cock completely right Mm -hmm. yeah like just be able to appreciate each other just go you know what i love this person maybe don't get married maybe just be so secure in your relationship that you never need to get married and you can just be with each other and that's enough (laughs) <laughs> that was your own little thing there but that's that's fair because okay. we also don't I'm going to get married Man, maybe we will does, who knows does not believe in the institution of marriage apparently no I don't I think it's garbage alright okay well <laughs> well I, I believe in like I believe like the concept of marriage like I get it I, I think it's, I, think it's like, nice. I, believe, I believe that people are married yeah I believe like th- I've been to weddings right but I just they're I just, a psyop they're, they're actually a false flag <laughs> it's a false flag yeah, yeah. false flag I just think it's you get red pill bro <laughs> I just think it's a bit of a garbage thing to do. I think that it's fine. I, I don't have a huge problem with it, but I don't like the whole idea. I, I don't mind the marriage in general, but I don't like the whole song and dance around the marriage thing. Like, kind oh, of everyone, come to my giant, yeah. yeah, come to my giant celebration. Everyone, tell me how great I am. It's like it's like throwing yourself a birthday party. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's literally really huge. It's one You're of the, basically sweet sixteen in. It's a terrible mm-hmm. gamble, right? Think about it. People spend. 80 to 100 upwards of 100,000 pounds on their wedding half of marriage is in divorce mm-hmm. if you win and you don't get divorced you still don't get a return on that investment it's no. literally just one day mm-hmm. no, but and you it, could end up getting divorced so and you pull that money on nothing we, people always say to us though well when are you getting married and I made Dave propose to me just you know to make him do it but then what I realised once he power did play. it yeah I didn't yeah like it's it. all I'm about power <laughs> plays but I realised once he did it I didn't actually really care about being married and mm. I don't care about it at all and ultimately like what will it be different? We'll still come home to our house mm-hmm. with our cats and our life. Like, and I guess maybe I know, like my sister got married, but you know, since I am barren and we will not have children, it's both our names and our cats' birth certificates. Exactly. <laughs> like now, that. speaking of things changing when you get married, oh, I'm going to move on to our final problem. Ooh, a little segue. Now <laughs> we talked about giving these uh, sassy names like Sleepless in Seattle or whatever, and we have not done that at this point. But I'm going to name this one. Okay. I'm going to call it the fellatio ratio. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Wife and I have been married for a couple of years now. We have a great life together. She's really hot and takes great care of herself. I'm a lucky man. Getting straight to the point, while we were dating and engaged, she was definitely affectionate, maybe more so than other women. I don't know, you tell me. 
sex, and at least one beach every day. Man heaven, I suppose. I expected the frequency to slow down once we got married, since I had heard from my friends that the BJs pretty much evaporate once you get married, but I've experienced an increase. At first, nice. At first, I thought we were still on a high from getting married. Two a day was better than before. Then, it increased even more, and while I certainly had no complaints, I'm starting to have some concerns. <laughs> she wants to do it anywhere and everywhere. I've gotten BJs in the car while driving, in a movie theatre, in a public library, at my office during work hours. You get the idea. I get one in the morning, during the day, after work, during bedtime, at least four to five a day. It's gone to the point where I'm seriously concerned we might get arrested eventually for public indecency. She takes time away from her work to do this, for instance, coming to my office during the day. These all seem like addictive tendencies. I've asked my wife if she's developed some sort of exhibitionist fetish, and she insists she just really enjoys the intimacy even more now we are married. This is a serious question, and hoping for some insight. I don't want this to develop into something more problematic in the future. Too long didn't read? Wife gives too many BJs. Oh no. Right. I like that he's actually been able to step back and go, maybe five BJs a day is too many no, BJs. Can I just how many people has he spoke to about this? And yeah. people have been like nice. high-fiving him, yeah. yeah. And no. he's like, no, 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 this is actually... To, to, to me, five <laughs> BJs a day, it's, it's just, I'm tired just yeah. hearing no, that. No, seriously, like... It's too many. After I... Like, this, guy's, this guy's 33. What? This guy's 33 years old. After I turned 30, ejaculating more than... Twice a day, it's basically just dust that comes out. <laughs> yeah. It's painful. Yeah, like it's it's like your soul is evaporating through your penis. I just at that have point. no energy. You know how everyone goes, "Oh yeah, like uh, I just fall asleep straight after." When you hit thirty, that just happens. Your life force just fucking falls out. You. He must. How the fuck is he? living yeah it does sound exhausting but i mean let's face it we're talking about him but how is she like she she might just be really into me but no but i mean even just the physicalness like how is she just not got lockjaw permanently right she maybe be, he's a maybe he's a two-pump chump maybe she's a snake <laughs> maybe. Oh, yeah maybe he's <laughs> maybe she's a literal <laughs> snake dislocate her jaw and eat a hippo yeah I mean, I have, twist to the story. My wife is a snake. If there, if there is more than three things on my to-do list for the day, I get so stressed I can't even function. I can't even imagine living my actual life and fitting five fuck. The, just the logistic worry, of getting worry, five blowjobs. I in worry there. about though, like the, the the future of this situation, because to me it seems like she has some sort of sex addiction. Yes. Oh yeah. Which is. Uh, you know, really difficult, but you know, it's not, you know, like people that claim that just have affairs or just inappropriately touch women claim they have sex addiction. Mm-hmm. Actual sex addiction, if anyone saw the really uncomfortable film Shame starring Michael Fassbender, Oof. which I watched in a really full cinema with a really sweaty guy next Whoa. to me whose elbow kept touching mine and it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> that film is brutal and that really depicts sex addiction, mm-hmm. where it's like he is, he was, I think he identified as straight. But he would go into like gay clubs or anything just to, you know, get fulfill that urge, yeah, yeah, scratch that itch, yeah. And you know that's the thing about sex addiction. It's like any addiction. It's not kind of this rational thing. It's mm-hmm. it's really kind of a manic behaviour. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like she's just going to be like sucking everyone's dick that she meets. 
getting on a bus. Me, let me suck his dick. Getting on a bus, sucking his dick. Fucking getting an Uber, sucking his dick. They're just it, literally everywhere. If she's escalated to five blowjobs a day, what happens when he's only available for two of those blowjobs? Also, well, this is it. Right, you guys have sort of brushed over right the physical aspect of it, right? Not the. I mean, like that. Um, that. The, after the first time you come as a man, it takes progressively longer to you come. Got, you got each to consecutive those time. batteries, you know. It's five like, times a day. That is, I mean, I, I feel like you two are very focused on the fact that he can do this five I'm times. I'm really, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm, I feel like I'm being emasculated by this problem here. <laughs> I need to address it. Okay? <laughs> no, like I am emasculated by it, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. Right, I'm not envious by any means. No, I'm just, I'm no, it's a burden. I wouldn't want like, that. Like, it's, it, yeah, it's no, a, I totally don't want that. No. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't actually sound awful. If it was like, oh, you're getting two blowjobs today, it'd be like, that's, that's quite a lot of blowjobs in a day. It's, it's a commitment. Yeah. It's a commitment, also, isn't it? Blowjobs, How am I going to catch up with my stories? Yeah, right. Totally. This is it. Blowjobs aren't. She said that she likes the intimacy. Blowjobs aren't very intimate. It depends how a bit, deep it? she's going. Well, oof. Well, okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's kind of a weird thing for her to want, also. Is she like, just... Like, how is she getting the satisfaction? Well, I mean, but some, some people can... Like, you have people who can come just on physical... Like, uh, the lightest physical contact. She might be someone who really gets off on blowjobs. She might actually be coming while she's giving these blowjobs, for all we know, or, right? Or is this just a huge siren, an unnoticed-by-him hint? That she would like him to reciprocate. Oh wow! Because like, I didn't, I didn't hear no cunnilingus mention at all up in that. Because he's exhausted. He's getting well, five blowjobs a day. Plus, like, lay off the blowjobs. Well, you all know it needs to be the woman first because once the guy comes, like it's over. Like, uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. Like it's over. That's it. So yeah, she's really good no, about. Do you think she's just like through gritted teeth? No, I just like giving you blowjobs. I find oral sex is very intimate. <laughs> And he's just like not getting the He's message. just like, oh, I mean, okay, if you want to, I guess. I mean, I'm at the office right now, but, you know, I've only had three so far today, so you might as well. Another blowjob! <laughs> and, like, finally they go to marriage counsellor and this yeah. comes out and he's just like, mother. <laughs> like, yeah. no. Like, he hasn't gone down on me in three decades. She's just like, I've sucked your dick <laughs> five <laughs> times a day for a year! <laughs> he's just sitting there like a dried grape, like, <laughs> yeah. empty. Yeah. Like, never once he stopped. Ah, maybe I should... It's like when they open a fucking mummy up. I mean, like, I, I, would, I, I wanted to do it 15 years ago, but the moisture has since left my body and I was unable to. I guess the problem is, though, like, see if she... Like, like she was just... For for all... In her, all of her sexual years, she was just some sort of serial, obsessive blowjob giver. Mm. I guess that would just be her deal, which yeah. I'm like totally here for that. Like mm. you go, yeah, you no, suck cool. all those dicks, suck mm. as many. Look, dicks we're, as you we're want. sex positive here. We're sex positive. You want to fucking, you want to suck but a dick? It's brilliant. the change. You can't just go from whatever sex life you had. They yeah, had it's before, the escalation. It's so it's a, it's a weird one. It's isn't it? very like, obsessive. Also, mm. you know, as I feel like neither of you have given blowjobs before. One. To me earlier. No. <laughs> to then. But like, giving a blowjob is kind of... It's, it's, it's exhausting. Hard work. Yeah. For five times in a... It's every day. Yeah. She has... She clearly has some sort of weird sexual compulsion. Completely. Because that would... Even, even just sexual desire is mm. not enough to do that. Yeah. Like, because you know what? You could do it. You could give someone a blowjob. Or you could just like... Watch TV. Kid. Like you look, I I would say you you need to go to couples therapy and be aware. The first thing they are going to say is nice. 
But after that, <laughs> you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to get bro. down to bro. Yeah, yeah but I bro. guess though, Put in it a up way, here, bro. couples that don't have sex or couples that have too much sex or any issue like that is probably just as big a deal. Yeah, you know? what's too much and what's too little? This is the thing. Maybe five blowjobs a day for her is like this is just the right amount of blowjobs for well, me. Well, uh, yeah, but then it never used to be. So, but then also there is another issue. We are obviously in terms of men and women's sexuality. As women get older, they are sexual peak is around 40 really yeah whereas men it's around 19 so actually women become much more sexual a lot of the time when they're older but you know in society it's kind of like a bit of a I don't know well she was I think 28 now so by the time she hits 40 she's going to be in triple digits for the blowjobs per day well I'm I'm not saying it'll gradually increase that maybe she's just had uh, maybe part of it's that she's just coming into her Sexuality. Yeah, maybe it's just a sexual awakening of sorts. Yeah, completely, completely. Yeah. Can I just say it's a very vanilla kink? Well, well no, kind but like, no, but in public though. I like, suppose you yeah, have the exhibition. Like, like if it was like five blowjobs in the same position in the house it's every like, day, it me, but it's like, oh, let me come to your work. Well, there is that bit. exhibitionist element, but then maybe that says to me, if someone, if I met someone who was doing that, I would think that they're obviously quite unhappy in their own life and they're using that as a form of escapism, mm. you know, to try and, you know, like, you know, like the way housewives, like bored housewives, like shoplift. Yeah. It's like yeah. that. You know, like they're getting their, their kicks that way. But hers is just blowjobs everywhere. Get her a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Totally. Maybe Mario Kart. Maybe. Oh, Herb Garden. Herb Garden. Little Herb Garden in the window. Mm-hmm. Well, book club maybe. Oh, book club, yeah, absolutely. Maybe just maybe no, no, like, be sucking like too many dicks in book club. Maybe Lady, mm. Lady Charlie's lover gets some ideas. Mm. Let's go right. to the but then we're sort of attributing promiscuity to her when she's like happily married. Like for all we know, she's just like I just really love his dick. That could be the case. Yeah, However, maybe he has a beautiful dick and we don't even know. Oh, it's like, like perfect. Oh, like, a, like, a, like a beautiful perfect. porcelain tube. Yeah. yeah. But let me look. Is that, what, is that what a beautiful dick looks like? Yes. A beautiful porcelain yeah. tube. Awesome. Even Great. even if it wasn't the most beautiful dick though, like still, so all that hard work. Like, look, see, I mean, there's so much at stake when, when blowjobs are concerned. You know, like your eyes come water. If you have on makeup, like your mascara's running and that makeup that you have on your face is now like in your eyes, so your eyes kind of sting in mm-hmm. and like you get kind of all sweaty and you get like this kind of weird petrified and you get like a lock jaw and then obviously like you she's know, an athlete she's power too though she's got mm, all this under control you know they should have five bjs a day unless you've got your fucking mascara on point you're right actually she like, i bet she's like really you escalated, like that. she's escalated it it's not just be it, it wasn't just like can i suck your dick five times today it yeah. was like um, one blowjob another blowjob let's see maybe she's just seen it like you said like fucking, you were the count there just like, talking to yeah. well, I'm blowing up. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. maybe she's just building up and she's like how many how many blowjobs can I give in a day maybe it's like setups. she's like I used to be able to oh, do maybe. 50 and she's like how many fucking blowjobs like she, she's really Ooh. competitive like she used to be a competitive yeah. runner and she couldn't do that anymore because she like busted her knee so she was like I'll turn my hand to blowjobs imagine if all her other female friends who are in relationships are all trying to give their fucking <gasps> husbands blowjobs oh, shit, it's like a and it's like it's like a fucking blowjob off and then <laughs> after it it just like one of them gets crowned the fucking blowjob queen ah, and then the, it's cut offs you're only as good I as the weakest like link on your team that's I not very fair I feel like that's like a, you know like one of those films for like ladies that a man would write <laughs> First Wives Blowjob Club. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I'd write that for a lady. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, it does seem strange. Yeah, that, that sounds compulsive, buddy. Uh, if that's her kink, cool. We're sex positive. You fucking do you. Like, 
suck his dick as many times as you want. Please try not to get caught. What you are doing is actually a little bit illegal, but you know we're not proud. You know, people people fuck think, in public. It whatever. makes me think of you know an American Gods. Yes, I'm not sure of it yet. Oh my god! I read the, I, I read the book obviously. You know when the, <laughs> the you know the main you know shadow. Yeah, but you know how how his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the car. Think of that. Yeah. In the car. Yeah. Spoil- okay, like wait, spoiler up. alert. Okay, are we good with that? Spoiler, spoiler alert. Hashtag yeah. spoilers. Hashtag spoiler alert. When she's giving the guy the blowjob and then they crash and she like bites it bites off. Bites it off his that is a danger. That's a death. You guys, you know, you need to, you actually get our gum shield. And that was quite an extreme mm-hmm. example. But, you know, let's could face happen. it, texting while driving is very dangerous. Well, getting a fucking beach while driving, I mean, good God. And uh, she didn't really explicitly say that. But I feel like you're going to do that in his office. That's pretty traumatising to like the new intern. That'd be really dangerous for me. Yeah, you have a very small room that you work in, right? No, I mean, like, I can't drive, so if I got a blowjob and I was trying to learn to drive... Yeah, yeah, that would be really... That would be very stressful. That would be very stressful. You should should avoid that at all costs. And I feel bad for him, because I guarantee you every single person that he speaks to about his problem... It's like, bro! Bro! I have a thought, right? (laughs) If you're getting a blowjob five times a day, you you don't have a nut left for full intercourse. No. Your sex life has been restricted to multiple enforced blowjobs. she's strategically doing that. She's... She's got that's a deep dark secret. Well, yeah. Maybe. <gasps> Are you having sexual intercourse with her, or is it just her mouth? Well, he's, he, surely not. Surely it's not like five blowjobs. Like and, that's like, quite strategic. Like, see if you can't be bothered. Like, ugh, you know, I can't be bothered. You can't just say she just has chronic thrush all the time, but she can't be bothered oh, explaining that to him because yeah. you know he's kind of insensitive about that. <sighs> love so to she's know just like rather than explaining that, she's like, oh, I'll just suck his dick so you won't try and put it in me. Imagine she's just doing it, like she's just living a completely normal life, and she's like, okay, stories around. She's like, I better get this blowjob out of the way, and she's just doing it in her jammies. You know, like there's no like there's no like the she's sex- just like oh yawning and being oh like, what? Well, better get this done. Yeah, well, I love the intimacy. <laughs> I mean, in, it could just be like two seconds, and he's done, and he doesn't know. He what if he is just people. the most boring, pompous, patronizing blowhard, and she's just doing it to shut him up? Mm-hmm. But then she goes out her way to his office. Yeah, he's going to be like texting her like, oh yeah, so the thing with like the breakdown analysis of Rick and Morty is... <laughs> and he, she's just like, hang on, I'm coming around, wait a minute, fucking here, here. That was her, yeah, that was her way to shut him yeah. up. right? Oh, that would be good. Maybe he works from home. Oh no, she, he has an office, he said. He has right? an office, yeah. That um, would be good if that was just her way of shutting up. And he thinks this is Stu's problem and she's just like, you're so goddamn boring. Yeah, I know, right? Every time Why did I, I marry you? <laughs> My jaw hurts and you're boring. So let's look at this problem from both sides. Speak to your wife about it initially, and then take the right course of action. Maybe say, find out if it is actually a problem, if it is an escalation, or if it's if she is just like really into it. Because yeah, but then also you need to address your problems with it and go. Totally. Five blowjobs a day is too many blowjobs for me. Mm. Definitely, yeah. Like it seems like he's never actually like. How weird has this been going on for like five blowjobs a day that he's never once said. Hey, why are you giving me all these blowjobs? Like, you didn't mention that at all. Also, the amount of time you spend with your partner a day, right? Most people go to work and then you have the commute and then you're like, you might go to the gym and then you might have some like after work activities and stuff. They're not spending, I can't imagine they're spending a great deal of time together. If I'm looking at the typical amount of time that partners spend together, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. She's spending 
all that time with his dick in her mouth. Right. Well, she might be like hearing so many stories. Like maybe lots of her friends have got divorced or husbands left them. So that and they're all just like just keep sucking the dick. Yes, just they're just sucking. like I don't know what to tell you. My husband left me. He cheated on me for. And you know, let's face it. Everything in the world tells us that like men are trash and they leave you and they fuck you over. Which like it's not untrue. You know, so just to make sure that doesn't happen, she's just like she so genius plan. Maybe it's like a weird like physical thing of like maybe there's this, like a thing love self-help books maybe there's a self-help book about it I guarantee like some sort of like ex Geordie Shore person's written a self-help book maybe. and in that the advice is just worried about losing your partner just suck his dick five times a day maybe it's like a manifestation of trying to keep them close together you know stuck together and she's just like pulling him closer by sucking his dick it's this yeah. weird sort of like physical manifestation of like, yeah, to like keep, keep him them. closer yeah. keep him close to yeah, you yeah but what if, she, what if she escalates and they end up like a human centipede yeah what if she just wants a belly full of cum she just likes the taste yeah well there is actually maybe that's really nice jizz there is actually different it's good. someone put it made face masks was that YouTuber that like, put it on the face good, uh, like good source of protein I guess I think I don't know I think there's actually at least a couple of calories in it as well mm-hmm. okay what? Also, do you think she's developed really, really, like, really impressive, like, jaw muscles? Maybe yeah. she's a competitive eater in her spare time and she needs to just get the jaw muscles up to scratch. One. Yeah, right. Oh, or maybe she's like a, a sword swallower, which has lost her sword. She needs a bit of practice. <laughs> Keep that gullet open. <laughs> that was a random left field. But I think all of our problems, to, all of our, our kind of funny problems today are just like, yeah, you need to go to a marriage counsellor. Yeah, but that's going to be the recurring theme because until you can sit down with these people like and really get to the bottom of Oh, I of think the shit. fact is if you don't even have the ability to even talk to your wife about these multiple blowjobs that you're receiving, if you don't have the ability to have that conversation... She can't have a conversation. She's got this fucking dick in her mouth. A good call. But I meant afterwards. Oh, right. Before, after. Yeah, surely <laughs> afterwards she's just like, you know, got a mouthful of fucking mouthwash and just prepping for the next one. Well, they're not like one after the other. It's five a day. Five is a lot. And, he, and you know, apparently they both. It work. is a lot because I feel like okay, morning, mm-hmm. lunchtime. I see after work. I see my girlfriend for forty-five minutes roughly in the morning before I leave the house. Right. So say I got one in there. Okay. Say hypothetically she then came to my work. That's another one. We got two. After work, I get in around half seven eight. We go to bed about ten thirty. Okay. That's yeah, you're, the, two and a half hours yeah. to get in another three blowjobs. This is the thing. So I see the first, I see the three during the day. So like, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner is sort of conceivable. But those last two, that's I guess you've got the one after, you've got the one at bedtime, I guess. But there's that one still outlier. That's a blowjob every 50 minutes after work. Oh my God. That's That sounds like hell. That's, that yeah. does sound like hell, doesn't it? Yeah. She just hates him. She's torturing him. He must honestly be cutting about looking like a fucking deflated bagpipe. I mean, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Like, I know I picture him. sausage skin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now right. I picture him. It's like this walking, like, raisin of a man. Just yeah, like, totally. Oh, he's, like, constantly drinking water. He's trying <laughs> to replenish his fluids. Fucking hell. Look, maybe she was birthed by a necromancer and she's some sort of, like, cum succubus. She's a succubus. That's what I was about to say. Ah, she's a succubus. Maybe she is, like, um... And it's so weird because I actually love, love succubi. <laughs> Draw a circle of salt round her. Yep. Drive a knife through her heart. Yep. And if she's still alive, she's a succubus. I think it's like a That's silver a... knife it would need to be. Mm. Okay, we'll get a silver knife and stab her. Yeah, no, that salt. Would, that salt. Would kill her. Well, only if she is not a succubus. Oh, really? 
I mean, if she's a succubus, then I'm completely here for her. And yeah. I'm like, you go, girl. Yeah, you fucking get that life essence. Yeah, you yeah. do it. Yeah. 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 We're pro-succubi here. Right. Yeah. I actually feel the same physical and mental exhaustion as if I'd had five blowjobs from talking about this, so maybe we should wrap it up. I'm jealous. Mm. I can't even get to experience one blowjob that I've received. Oh, I'm sorry. Penis envy. Oh. Yeah. Penis envy is a real thing. I don't really have that. No? no? If you have I'm penis like, envy, write it in A email. little bit. Is that a thing? Penis is a major yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'd just like to see what it would be like to pee standing up. What, without the use of a she-pee? There's a lot of just splatter. There's a lot of using an unnecessary amount of toilet roll, if you're a fucking decent person, to wipe it off the toilet lid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It seems difficult. But then I guess it's that thing when it's like people are like, well, if you're in the woods... I'm like, well, how often are you peeing in the woods? Because right. if you are, reevaluate your life. Yeah, like, who's kind of out of the woods pissing everywhere? Yeah, yeah who's bears? pissing? Bears. 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 Okay. Hi. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch... Please send us your problems at email address. That is youokhunpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet us, and please follow us on Twitter, at, you, at youokhunpodcast. If you want to submit anonymously, you can go to curiouscat.me slash uokhun. Remember saying the email whether you want to be anonymous or or you want to be named, because, you know, that might be your bag. Um, But please get in touch with all your problems. And thank you so much to Martin for being our guest Thanks, Martin. Thanks for having me. I think we've really solved a lot of real issues today. I think so. I think so, definitely. I think we have. Right, should we go, Lisa? I need my next three blowjobs. (laughs) Well, I'm down, put me down for one. That's no, suck in your dick. Suck in your dick, Dave. Yeah, no, no you can handle it. Yeah. You can help me. Love you. Bye. <laughs>